Thanks for tuning in. This is JT. And if you're hearing this, you once again tune in the Consequence of Habit Podcast, episode 20. Man, episode 20. I, I, I thought that would come a lot faster than it has. Um, but this, this, this whole thing is work. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I love it. Don't get me wrong. This, I, I feel a sense of a sense of purpose, and I, and this is a true this is a true passion for me. I love doing this. And Jesus Christ, tw- this thing is in twenty eight different countries. People, well, people are downloading it in twenty eight countries, it's, um, which blows my mind. But I've I felt I felt a sense of purpose and and a sense of of achievement by doing this. Um, that I haven't, I, man, I haven't felt uh, a whole lot of times in my life. I'm going to be honest with you, man. It feels really freaking good. It feels good. It feels good making something, building something from nothing. So really what I'm trying to say is thank you all for, for listening and supporting this and passing on to friends or anyone who's left a uh, review. Um, or not just thanks for checking the, checking the show out. It means a lot to me. Hey, um, and we got some big news. Hopefully next week we're going to be announcing new websites, uh, our first giveaway. So I'm pretty excited about that and possibly, possibly an avenue for you guys to reach out to me to, um, to explain your habits, what you're doing, what you're not doing, what's working for you. Uh, or if you want to nominate somebody for a guest as a, as a guest, you, you think somebody's story needs to be told, um, we're hoping to have the uh, the avenue to do that. So stay tuned. This is a part of the podcast where I talk about Athletic Brewing Company. And I don't mention them almost every single show because they pay me. Because they do not. Uh, I talk about them because I believe in the company. I believe in what they're doing. And they uh, they were a huge part of, of my journey. You know, at, at one point in my life, I had to examine my relationship with alcohol and decide that it no longer fit into my life. And I was, I was pretty bummed out about that, uh, especially because I love good beer. I, I would say I loved it a little too much, uh, but I, I enjoyed a really good uh, craft beer. And I'd go to a party and everyone, I would see them all just drink. I mean, those little tops popping off those bottles or those cans cracking away. And I'm sitting there with seltzer water. Come on. That is until now, until I found out... Until I found Athletic Brewing Company, now I get my cake and I eat it too. Uh, so whether you're like me, which means you really like beer, uh, but you don't want the alcohol, maybe you don't drink anymore, maybe you do drink, but you got something going on tomorrow. I don't know what you got going on. I, who knows? Uh, maybe you got a sporting event, maybe you got a board meeting. It's really none of my freaking business, but if you want to clear head the next day, uh, do yourself a favor Get yourself some Athletic Brewing Company. They got some award-winning, and I'm not even joking. I just saw the email. Award-winning beers on there. Use promo code capital COH20 and get yourself 20% off your first order at Athletic Brewing Company. That's capital COH20. Hey, this week's guest is a gentleman by the name of Anderson Silver. Anderson is a three-time author on books on stoicism uh, he's got a website called the Stoicism for Better And I'm, I, I hope you guys enjoy this interview as much as I did. I got a ton from this. These are one of those interviews that, whether it went out or not, is almost 
Well, it's almost irrelevant because for me personally, I just, I took a a ton away from it. It was an absolute pleasure talking to this guy. So without further ado, please welcome Mr. Anderson Silver. All right, thanks for joining us. This is JT here at the Consequence of Habit Podcast, and we are honored to have Anderson Silver on, man. Anderson, I appreciate you taking the time coming on. How's it going? Good, good. Um, hey, so, you know, I, this isn't my first podcast about stoicism, um, but I definitely want to, just in case anyone hasn't lift, listened to it in the past, if you could give... Um, a brief kind of uh, synopsis, uh, if that's possible. I know it's it's a really in depth subject, but uh, just so somebody knows what what Stoicism is. Sure. So, uh, what Stoicism is? It's an ancient Greek and Roman philosophy uh, that you know came about as a guide for life for uh, people back then who were living crazy lives, right? Uh, like your ruler could change from one week to the next, and there were plagues and whatever, whatever. Uh, Stoicism has stood the test of time and found a re-emergence in the past 50 years. Uh, the modern sciences has adapt, uh, adapted it. Uh, we have we use cognitive behavioral therapy now, uh, which is entirely based on Stoicism. It was two Stoics in the 70s that, that you know, built this thing uh, with ancient Stoic texts. And what it means to be Stoic, my interpretation, if I could put it in one phrase, is learning to use your rational mind as often as possible in the present moment. Yeah. You know, it's funny because when I, I'd heard the word stoic before and it was usually uh, from my vet when I would bring my dog in and he would be real nervous and he'd get a shot and he wouldn't flinch. He'd go, man, he's so stoic. So, <laughs> so w- when I first started learning about stoicism, it was actually through, a, through some of the similarities of, of a 12 step program. Cause you mentioned cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, and I know a lot of the 12 step uh, stuff is also somewhat based off of. I mean, when you put them side by side, they, there's there's a lot of similarities. Um, so it kind of blew my mind. I, I just thought it was not showing pain or not showing emotion. Uh, and there's right. there's and I think honestly, I think that's that's the definition that that most people think of when they hear that. So um, yeah, and I spend a lot of time talking about uh, you know stoicism has got a lot of bad. Uh, not bad press, but you know, wrong people have the wrong ideas about it. It's it's associated with this: don't show emotions, go through life, with, you know, with a stiff upper lip. Uh, uh, it's also being associated with toxic masculinity. Uh, so, I, I, in a lot of my art, art articles, I discuss how this is nothing could be further from the truth. We accept our emotions. We actually have words for you know proto emotions. It happens. It's like you know uh, uh, when you stub your toe, you're gonna get upset. You know, this is normal. And, and to deny that is inhumane. And so stoicism, unlike, you know, a, a Buddhist approach where emotions are like water for ducks back, you let it go. We look at our emotions dead in the eye and say, all right, I get you, but you're not the real me. I can still do the right thing. A very simple example I can give, bravery is not a lack of fear. It's the capacity to do the right thing despite fear. So uh, to be a stoic, not the adjective, but uh, the philosophy is to still do the right thing despite your emotions, not because you don't have emotions. Mm. What I think a lot of people are going to find interesting is your backstory. 
Um, if if you could, I mean, I'm I was reading it, and it, and it you know we discussed or we talked for a couple minutes, I think about a week ago. Um, and when you started telling me your story, and then when I actually started reading about it, um, well, I want you to tell it because I think it, I think it's a really important thing, and I think it plays into what you're doing and and how important you found uh, stoicism, in, uh, excuse me, stoicism in your life. All right, so I was. You know, if we turn the clock back about uh, 10 years or so, I was at the top of the capitalist game, if you will. So I was a, I was the capitalist wet dream, the go-getter, you know, uh, I grabbed the bull by the horns, uh, crushed it in school, got my CPA, got a few other certifications to have like a dozen letters after my name. I got the executive level job, six-figure salary, house, family, kids, dogs, pets, check, 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 check. And... I did everything society told me that I should do to be happy, to live a good life. And I had everything that society told me would show that I'm living a good life. And I was, yet I was hollow inside. I was at least, thank the gods, I was able to recognize and, and be honest with myself and see that I was missing something. Uh, that I was on this hedonic treadmill where I just kept, you know, I was finding happiness in buying the new gadget, buying the next the next trip, the next dinner out, the next, the next, the next. Yeah. And so I, I recognized that something was really off uh, because I followed everything I was told to do. So I started this re-education process uh, and I call it re-education because in my third book, I discussed this a lot. We've been untaught a lot of things that we have by nature um, to be good little, you know, cogs in this consumer economy and consumer system. And I looked uh, a little bit everywhere. Uh, including philosophy. Uh, and by sheer luck, sheer dumb luck, I stumbled on a book uh, called The Letters of a Stoic by Seneca, written two and a half thousand years ago almost. And I was like, this dude sounds just like me. such <laughs> as spot on, like, you know, two and a half millennia. And he, he's talking about things that are, you know, uh, aching in my brain right now. And it was the beginning of a beautiful journey. Uh, so over the five, in following five years, I, I kind of uh, became a student of the philosophy. And I would share snippets with people around me. And they kept coming back for more. There was a real thirst for this stuff and and i became kind of the go-to guy for for advice and i was just you know I, I, it's not some arcane knowledge i was quoting ideas that uh, i learned from these books and then uh i decided to write my first book just as a you know hey there seems to be an appetite for this let me get it out there and i was blown away by how much attention it got because uh, i'm an independent author too. i was just doing this as a you know hey i wrote a book right. And, and this whole thing turned into, you know, now today, five years later, I, I have three books. Um, I write weekly exercises, I articles, I have a podcast series, which is trending in the top 20% of Spotify. You know, like people are nice. crazy about this stuff. Um, I've been approached by publishing houses to write books for them, which I re straight up refuse because uh, I want to keep my content mine. Right? I don't want page numbers pushed on me or an agenda pushed on me. I write stoicism the way it should be with no fluff, no muss, uh, right? When we talk about the great books of stoicism, they're all 80 to hundred pages. And so I shamelessly emulated my, my teachers and my books are also, you know, 80 to 120 pages each. Uh, and so here we are today. I'm just trying to spread some uh, uh, rational thought because if there's one thing we can uh, definitely uh, use a lot more of today, is more reason, rational thought, and 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 capacity to uh, listen and adapt. I think that's why it's become so 
or I should say why it's catching on again as much as it has. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously there's, there's high profile names like Ryan Holiday and, and I've heard more and more people talk about it. And I've actually, what I, I found really interesting too is, is the amount of like military leaders that follow, mm. that, that use uh, a stoic philosophy. And I, I've, I've had to tell other people when I, when I've said, Hey, I'm dabbling in this stoicism thing, even if it's, even if I'm not practicing it as much as I should, at least starting my day. And I, and I would read, uh, you know, I would read meditations or, I'd, or, you know, just a page out of it. Um, and it's confused a lot for religion. Um, and I'm sure you've, you've dealt with that y- yourself. Um, and, I, you know, and I say, no, it's an actual philosophy. And the more, the, after I start sending, I've, I've sent, you know, a page here and there to somebody who I, maybe I thought it just might be helpful that day. And they're like, oh man, that is, that's some groundbreaking stuff as if it was something new. And it really, to me, it really shows that the human condition has not changed. We're, we are all looking, we're all trying to figure out well, like, what are we doing? What the hell is the yeah. point? Um, so at that, uh, if you just tell us what the point of life is, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> <I'm just joking>. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if you ask the physical universe, what the purpose of our life is, it's really simple. It's to hydrogenate carbon dioxide. You know, if we, if we look at the physical universe, everything is trying to reach a higher level of entropy. It's the second law of thermodynamics to think we're any different, uh, because we're self-aware would be no different than, you know, people thinking the earth was at the center of the universe. Uh, you know, just a couple of hundred years ago. Uh, so we have to accept uh, the science that that shows we're just here to hydrogenate carbon dioxide. Now, with that said, one thing I, I discuss a lot in my books is that we have something more. And, you know, I challenge atheists. I used to be an atheist. Uh, and now I challenge atheists to say, there's no such thing. And I'll prove it to you because atheists believe there's nothing. There's just the physical and that's it. There's nothing. So I have this mental exercise I do called the ship of Theseus. And so if you'll indulge me here for the benefit of your listeners, uh, Theseus was the mythical founder of Athens. He was a real uh, badass warrior. And he had this really cool battleship that he fought the titans with okay and so when he died the, the citizens of athens decide okay we're going to keep this ship maintained so that posterity can come see the ship the, the ship of mm-hmm. theseus fine so the ship is floating there in the harbor right and it's aging so then there's a plank that rots and so the carpenter comes to uh, uh preserve it for posterity removes that piece of wood and then puts a new one in its place uh, in the exact same place exact same shape so the question is, is this still the ship of Theseus or is it something different because a plank has been changed? Oh, I, I, I would say it's been changed at that point. Right. Well, so most people will say, oh, it's just one plank. Or some will say, I don't know. But uh, the mental exercise goes on and you say, OK, you replace a few more planks and a few ropes and a few sails. At the end, the entire ship is replaced piece by piece. Uh, but it's all the same pieces in the exact same way. Is it still the ship of Theseus? Some people will still cling to the idea and say, yeah, it's the ship of Theseus. Then we go a step further and say, okay, so this whole time someone's been collecting these old rotten pieces, okay, and built the ship of Theseus, the original one, on land. So now, is that the ship of Theseus? Is there no ship of Theseus or are there two? Okay. There's no real answer to this, but it triggers this idea uh, uh, that helps us recognize that, we have something more beyond the physical. So when you look in the mirror and you've looked in the mirror your whole life from, from when you were a child, you, you look completely different. You've changed physically. You've aged. Uh, you know, there might be listeners out there who had tragic accidents where they lost their limbs, let's say. 
But when they look in the mirror, do they still not self-identify yeah. themselves as me? Yeah. Therefore, we identify ourselves not with the physical, but with something more. And the something more, call it your consciousness, your soul, your spirit, call it a tomato. It doesn't matter what you call it. It's there. And so this is where uh, we make that distinction. And the title of my second book, Your Duality Within, there's a duality of the rational mind, the real us, the consciousness, and then the animal brain, the one that has the emotions and, and, and all this jazz. And so um, I've trailed off here. Have a nice one. No, 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 original no, no, question. No, no. <laughs> you haven't. I mean, because I've thought about it myself. Like, yeah, you look at an animal, you, know, you, you look at a deer and you go, in my mind, I'm going, man, they're, they're not worrying about yesterday, right? Like, and, and I, actually, I want to, I want to preference this by saying, um, one, one of the, the, the main beliefs in stoicism, uh, it is, it's about what you can control. Um, and, and if it's something that's not in your control then it, it probably shouldn't be taken up too much bandwidth. And of course they weren't using the word bandwidth back then, but, and, and you know, I look at an animal and I go, to me, that's almost a definition of being, being stoic because they're not worrying about tomorrow. They're not worrying about the past. They're just worrying about whatever is in front of them right now. Yep. And when we talk about humans, we talk about the ability that there's something more and that more can really seem to be a problem. It's the same thing that can drive us crazy. You know, it's the same reason that the, the, the amount of deaths from despair have gone up. I mean, excuse me, exponentially, um, you know, especially lately. Uh, and I think, I don't know. And, and actually you said this, one of the main things is, is the more you look into things, these things, the more you realize you don't know anything like this is, there, there mm -hmm. is just so much out there. Um, and now I'm just rambling on, but I, I would say this, if, if you could maybe just give some insight, because when I talk stoicism to you, I feel like someone who just listened to Rosetta Stone for an hour um, and then tried talking Spanish to somebody who knows Spanish. <laughs> so, so I'm really going to lean on you on this. Uh, in this crazy time we're living in, where we've, we're, we're in this pandemic here in the U.S., we got this craziness going on with the election, um, there's the racial divide, just the amount of violence going on. How, how does stoicism help people navigate through um, what's going on in their lives? Uh, good question. Big question. Um, um, before, before I answer that, I just want to take 30 seconds to finish up on your sure. uh, purpose of life question, if I may. Uh, so uh, what I wanted to, uh, to, to end the, the, the trail of thought was with this something more also needs a purpose, the same way our physical bodies have uh, a purpose. Uh, it, it has its basic needs. And so finding your own purpose in life, uh, it's unique to each individual. Uh, there's no one-stop answer for, for, for everyone, one-size-fits-all rather. Uh, and, and that's why I chose to write my first book about finding your own purpose. I guide the, the reader to, find, to define what they want to do in life, what the something more needs. Because to quote Nietzsche, uh, he who has uh, a why can endure any how 
So when we find our purpose, we can deal with whatever life has to throw at you because you're no longer distracted by, and this is now going to segue into your next question, you're no longer distracted by the, the nonsense uh, idiosyncrasies that's happening around you. Uh, you're focused on what you're trying to accomplish in life. Okay. And so this brings us to how do we deal with uh, what's happening out there? Simple. Uh, it just is. Life just is. Life is thus. We have only one reality we live in. Okay. There's no other reality we can escape to. So things like hope, wish, oh, if things worked out this way, uh, if just this would have happened that way. Uh, yeah, great. We can think about it, but it didn't and it's not gonna. There's no other reality that we can go to. It is really that simple. It's simple, but it's hard to apply. And stoicism, anyone who gets into it, I could teach it to you in one, one, one day. We can sit down and spend the day chatting about it and I'll teach you everything there's to know about it because there's really not that much at the core of it, but it's simple stuff, but it's just difficult to master. And so in Stoicism, we say, you know, there's no such thing as a sage. A sage is someone who can be virtuous all the time. It's impossible. It's impossible because we live inside these vessels that are imperfect. The starting point of Stoicism is to accept that we're social beings with a capacity for, for reason. Sorry, we're social animals with a capacity for reason. And, uh, you know, this touches on really nicely before you were talking about you, you, uh, how you see animals as being very stoic. Uh, and that's very important to us that we remind ourselves we are an animal. Uh, we took this from the cynics. The cynics were, were kind of like our older cousins, if you will. And the cynics believed that happiness is to be found in just living according to our nature, like an animal. So Diogenes, one of my favorite philosophers of all time, uh, you know, he was homeless. He was living on the streets. Uh, he, he was a real nutcase. Like if he were around today, he'd be in a, you know, he'd be in an insane asylum. But uh, point being, we have to kind of recognize that this world we've built around us with social norms and, and companies and jobs and this and that, it's all fake. It's, it's, it's not an illusion. It's there, but we kind of live that way because we've all agreed to live that way. And we have to kind of see beyond that. So when you talk about politics and this divide, uh, the only thing that's real is the divide. Uh, everything else is uh, fictitious. Everything else is absolutely fictitious. Even the things we're arguing about. Uh, the divide, however, is real. And so what I can do as a Stoic is have a conversation. That's the only thing I can do to bridge the gap in any divide. And, you know, uh, when I have discussion, I've been on podcasts where we've spoken straight up because uh, I'm from Montreal, Canada. Uh, and that's why some of my, you know, English words might be a little off for your listeners. <laughs> I'm from the French part of Canada. Um, you know, I've had straight up debates about socialism versus capitalism, uh, where I'm able to bring people to a, to a consensus to agree on things because at, at the end of the day, how, you know, if two people have differing ideas and there's a lot of that in the States right now, right. Where people are uh, on pol polar opposites of many different ideas, everything from face masks to, you know, uh, parties, the election you're going through. But these are all, everybody at the end of the day is just trying to live a happy, uh, pain-free life. Everyone wants the same thing. So there must be a way, if people talk and are open to it, to bridge that divide. Now, you can't force this on people, but there are people out there who are willing to listen. And those are the ones you can have conversations with. And that's pretty much all you can do. Yeah, it, I mean, I, I think it's it couldn't be more important than it is now. And, and we, we before I hit record on here, we started talking a, a little bit about um, about social media 
and I and I I think you, you touched on that we've created a lot of these things around us, right? And I and mm-hmm. if you can step back from that and and just be aware of that, that none of this, like you said, it's not it's not real. Like social media, it's, it's not real, but it's very easy for us to live in a fragmented reality within these things. And I think one of the reasons. Um, before we were cu- we were connected with the world, you had a much smaller circle, and I think things you had control over, and it goes back to the control thing. And when when mm-hmm. when you, when the world is opened up, and there's these opposing ideas, and there isn't a conversation, it's just you get, making your point. Um, it then that really becomes a problem, and you feel out of control, and people that feel out of control. Uh, well, it just doesn't usually end end very well. Um, yeah. I'm curious. Did you just so you start looking at these books, right? And you start reading about stoicism. Was there more? Was there were there uh, stoic mentors other than the authors of these? Or there were there people that you're that you're talking to, just like you and I are talking back and forth, where um, you were maybe you know, bouncing your idea of, or your interpretation of the philosophy off of, or is it, is it the text so direct and blunt that there is, there isn't a whole lot of room, um, for, for interpretation. Column B, everything is so straight up, straightforward, simple, uh, to the point, uh, it's not rocket science. Um, so no, I didn't have any anyone else in my circle. In fact, quite the opposite. I was surrounded by people that were still, uh, you know, chase, 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 you know, uh, trying to go out after the promotion. Uh, you know, what car are you driving? Did you get this thing? Did you get that thing? Money, 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 title, title, title. Um, there was nobody in my circle uh, that knew about those. And when I started my journey, of course, I got a lot of funny looks, you know, like, ah, okay, he's having a mental breakdown. Okay, I see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> here we are 10 years later, you know, my hair is still nice and black and I see all my colleagues, they're already sounding gray, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I sleep like a baby every night, no matter where I go, no matter where we travel. Uh, everyone's always complaining about something. I'm just, I'm totally Zen, man. Um, ancient Stoic text is so straightforward. Uh, okay, the caveat there also, it depends on the translation. I've read the same manuscript, two different translations, and they're, they're like, you know, the words are different because ancient Latin doesn't uh, translate to English today, like, super well. Uh, but all that to say, uh, you know, and I mentioned this before, Stoic writing is very simple because we don't believe in wasting time. And like you mentioned, Ryan Holiday, yeah, he's a big name out there. But I'm very much against his writing style. His books are full of a lot of empty space and personal stories. Um, you know, when I read uh, a, the, the ancient books, there, there's nothing. Per- it's just bing, bang, boom. Yeah. Why are you still wasting time worrying about other people's stuff? Period. It's one sentence, done. Uh, a new idea comes, uh, comes next. Um, it's, it's, it really is. And, you know, if any of your listeners just pick up an ancient book and start reading it, it's going to blow your mind. How you're like, how are these people feeling the same things I'm feeling? I'm dealing with all these anxieties of social media and the craziness of today. And how come they felt the same stuff? Well, guys, we haven't changed. Yeah. We haven't changed in, in the past few thousand years. That's, you know, evolution is very slow. <laughs> well, it's funny because you were talking about how when it was written, you said they were going through crazy times. They, were, they had leaders that were changing. They had pandemics going on. I'm like... Oh shit, that sounds a whole lot like <laughs> that. Man, that sounds 
<laughs> yeah, I think you're talking about yesterday. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So explain explain the, the process. So you 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 start um, you start studying uh, Stoicism. You start incorporating Stoic philosophy into your everyday life. How does that change look? I mean, you're, I imagine you still have your job. It's not like you decided to quit and, you know, live in the streets and, and, you know, you're still doing your everyday life. So explain that process. Explain how fast, how slow things started changing in your life when, you're, when your anxiety started going away. Um, just, just walk us through that. Okay, so just a few things to kind of set the stage. One, stoicism, because it's so simple, pure, and to the point, it doesn't conflict with anything. I have, because I also do uh, mentorship uh, programs, uh, I have devoutly religious Muslims, Christians, whatever, uh, that are Stoics. You know, I have uh, former atheists turned agnostics like myself that, you know, practice Stoicism. It doesn't interfere with your lifestyle. Uh, and, And unlike the cynics who believe you have to give up all material possessions to find happiness, the Stoics don't. So there were Stoics that were slaves. Uh, one of the most famous Stoic philosophers, Epictetus, was a slave. Uh, we have Stoics that, you know, Seneca, he was the richest guy in Rome, richer than the emperor, you know, or one of the richest, rather, statesmen. And then we had Marcus Aurelius, the emperor himself, right? Yeah. So why, why can you find Stoics in all walks of life? It's because we see the game that is fictitious, right? However, we choose to participate in it just to help along our fellow human beings. It's like playing a board game you hate just because you want to help out, you know, your kids get through the co-op game, something like that. Uh, So for myself, uh, the change was gradual because there's no such thing as, there's, there's no quick and simple solutions that are good. There's either quick and simple or good. And just like anything else that's solid, you know, it starts, uh, Stoicism starts with a good foundation. So it took time and the change was gradual. Um, A lot of meditation and uh, in Stoicism, when we say meditation, it's journaling. It's not uh, your Zenful uh, Buddhist style meditation, which is also great. But I'll be very honest, when I started 10 years ago, I I couldn't, you know, I tried meditating, sitting down, closing my eyes and shutting my mind. I couldn't do it. There's just so much in my mind. I couldn't do it. Uh, But through Stoic meditation, when I discovered that duality within and I I heard my real voice distinctly separate from my body's voice, then I was able to begin uh, thinking more clearly. So the first five, the first few years, maybe not five, let's say three years, I can honestly say I wasn't that different in in my what I was thinking inside or, or I wasn't that different in the way I was acting but I had the right ideas floating through my mind, okay? And through repetition, uh, I was able to kind of reprogram that uh, animal brain, uh, if you will, because the autopilot, the, the, the animal brain the, the, has this autopilot. Like, you know, when you drive somewhere, but you don't really pay attention to the road, you just get there, that's your autopilot, okay? And it's in charge more often than we are because being rational is hard. It takes a lot of energy. You know, if you were always calculating, you know, uh, you'd be like uh, Mr. If you want to be like a Mr. Spock, it would be exhausting. Think about being logical and rational right, all the time. Right. So through meditation, what you do is you change your autopilot. It's almost like uh, what do they call it um, when they say think about what you want to do and then it'll happen. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, um, That's right. I, I'll edit it in. What, you, right. <laughs> yeah. So, but it, it's kind of like that, right? Um, 
And the change today, like my friends that knew me uh, my whole life, they say, you know, Anderson of the before times and the Anderson now, uh, because now, uh, like, look, I'll go back 10 years. I was very competitive too, right? I'm a product of my society. I would get into, I would get out of my car and get into fights and arguments through road rage. Uh, whereas now I'm that guy waving everybody in, like, come on in, buddy. I got you, yeah, fam, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, I used to uh, I used to drink a lot, but I would just like everybody else. I would justify it because you know I was buying really expensive scotch, so I'm classy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not getting wasted. <laughs> I'm just classy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know, since then to today, I've quit smoking, drinking, sugar, salts, uh, caffeine. I don't drink coffee or tea. Uh, any anything that takes me away from my rational mind, I, I don't. I don't. Uh, ingest, if you will. Um, a silly example I like to use, I don't sleep with a pillow. Why? Not because I'm a stoic tough guy. No, it's because I travel for my job, right? And one of the biggest reasons why you don't get good sleep when you travel is because the pillow is either too hard or too soft. Mm. So a stoic answer to this, eliminate the luxury altogether. The first two weeks sucked, but after that, I got used to sleeping without a pillow. And now when I travel, I sleep like a baby because I just removed the pillow from the equation. Why is this a stoic exercise? because I'm never grumpy the next day due to a lack of sleep when I'm traveling. So I give myself the best possible chance of being rational no matter where I am in the world. So it's little things like this. It's, it's not rocket science. Yeah, I, I think of it, it's almost having to uh, debug a computer that's, that's got a whole yeah. lot of malware and viruses and stuff floating around. And, and I say that, I, 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 want, I, want, I want to be clear. Um, I've got all these viruses and stuff floating around for sure. So I've got a lot of debugging uh, and it, it is slow. Anything, you know, my, like even my journey of, of, you know, just change in general. It's not fast. It's a slow, it's a slow, slow process. And I think it doesn't matter if you're a traditional or, or meditation where you're just trying to follow your breath or um, if we're taking antidepressant drugs or what, whatever we're doing, it's that stillness is what I think everyone's looking for. When I talk about that deer, uh, just sitting there and, in, and it's that stillness of your mind. And you said you had that inability when you first started med meditating. Um, uh, but now it comes, it comes much easier. Um, mm -hmm. I think, man, I, I think if that in itself right now, and the, these things, I'm holding. So everyone knows, I'm holding up a phone. These sons of bitches have have truly. I mean, when you talk about being on autopilot, um, so I, I travel a lot too. I spend a lot of time in airports, and when I don't have my phone in my hand up to my face, I look around, and it is unbelievable. If there's an enemy of stoicism. It's Apple <laughs> and, and Motorola. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Do you still have those same struggles or are they just not nearly, uh, you're, you're more emotionally aware and more in control of, of your, or intentional in your actions? Right. So uh, we have this analogy in stoicism uh, we call the stoic drowning man. Okay. And uh, basically, you know, all of humanity is in a decrepit state, including myself, um, but against our own will. We don't want to be bad. We just don't know any better. And so if we want to be better, we have to try and swim up this murky water to the surface to breathe the fresh air. And only when you're at the surface and you can breathe all this fresh air, can you become a sage and be virtuous all the time. 
this imagery is, is uh, spectacular in, in many ways, uh, particularly in, to answer your question, um, we recognize we're in this water and we can't get out, right? Being a sage is, 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 a, is a mythical. We can't get there. I'm always going to be drowning. So to answer your question, yes, I still have bad habits. Um, I, uh, you know, um, I've, I've quit a lot of uh, addictions and we all have addictions, every single one of us. You know, uh, it's not just drugs, alcohol, whatever. It's uh, phone, porn, gaming, uh, uh, workaholism, uh, whatever. Um, so I've quit a lot of them, but I'm always going to have something I can get rid of. Always, always, always. Uh, so my journey is ongoing, but, you know, I've eliminated the low-hanging fruit, or not the low-hanging fruit, but the most glaringly obvious yeah, yeah. Uh, things. Um and I'm a lot more comfortable with that stillness. So you mentioned that stillness, uh, spot on. But people are afraid of it, which is why we're always looking for distractions because people don't like to be in their own minds because our minds are messed up. Yes. And that's the first step in, in, in this journey. Uh, journal, 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 journal. You know, mentally regurgitate all your thoughts and emotions into your journal. Uh, I keep my journals and sometimes I'll go back to the, to, to the first few pages. And I look back when I first started writing and I'm like, man, I was, I was a mental case. Like, look at this stuff <laughs> I'm writing down. I'm like, I'm so angry and I'm like, it's stupid and everyone's stupid. Uh, whereas now I'm, you know, I'm writing more, I'm just reflecting, you know, it's not even, it's not even, I don't have any emotions left in me because emotions, I mean, they're there, but they don't, they're like a, they're like an annoying uh, roommate, you know, like I, I, I hear them, they're there, but they don't really go into my, um, uh, center of operations, if you will, yeah. my, my, my ruling faculty. Uh, so I'm able to think a lot more philosophically. I, I do a lot of reflections and sometimes I'll use my journal to, to make good decisions. Cause again, uh, the reason, and let me take a 30 seconds here to explain to your listeners why journaling is so important and it's our meditation. So uh, we're talking about this autopilot and, and we want to, we want to make sure we make decisions using a rational mind, not the autopilot. When you put a pen to paper, it is almost impossible to write with your autopilot. It is almost impossible to write without triggering your rational mind. But you can type on a keyboard with muscle memory. You can draw. You can, you know, play music, whatever. You can do all those stuff with, with the autopilot. You can't actually write pen to paper without triggering your rational mind. That's why we use it uh, as, as our form of meditation. So, uh, so to answer your question, uh, I have a lot of things to, to, to still fix. Uh, Reddit being one of them. You know, I don't have social media in my personal life, on my personal accounts, yep. uh, but I do have accounts for uh, Anderson, which is my pending. Yep. Uh, and I'm very active on Reddit because I run uh, discussion groups there and whatnot. And sometimes I just kind of scroll over to the, you know, popular feed. Yeah. And before you know it, like an hour's gone by. I'm like, geez, what happened? Like, no. Oh, it's, it's, so yeah, it's murder. It, that stuff It's <laughs> murdering us slowly. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's like being murdered with a <laughs> wiffle ball bat. It just, it's just stealing our time. Uh, and, and that's one of the things I think this is the hardest thing for most people, including myself is unless you have something to lean on, like we all know what we're supposed to do, right? We all know we're, we're not supposed to be on our phones. We know we're supposed to stay away from too much alcohol, porn, any of that stuff, yep. but following through with it. And I think it's the distraction. We go back to the stillness 
and it's very hard to be on our own, our own brain. You know, like when I started looking at my relationship with alcohol, I go, Hey, why is it at this time every single day? This is what I do. Right. And, yeah. and it's cause I, I'm not comfortable sitting around with my own brain. You know, it, it's, yeah. it's not that it was overly painful. It was just uncomfortable, you know, and, and that, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, you know, I've said it in other podcasts and, and it's not my own thought. It's, it's somebody else's, but you know, they say like, uh, addictions, like it's like water, it's goes to the path of least resistance and it will find something else, you know, that, mm-hmm. that uncomfortableness will seek out something else and try and figure out what else am I going to use? Okay. Well, you stop drinking. Um, well, let's get you on this, uh, you know, whatever game on your phone and, and, and send you that way. So <laughs> I, I, it is, I, I mean, I, I just enjoy talking about the human condition and how we're constantly struggling and, and I am excited and it, cause you've actually inspired me a lot, a lot. And just even this conversation is, is exploring what stoicism can do for us. Um, and there's a reason that so many things are based off of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's so many, that, um, and if I can just jump please, in here for a second, please, please do. um, you know, it comes down to honesty. We lie so much to ourselves so much. And when you start journaling and actually opening up when you can kind of, you know, at first you, you, you still stick with your regular thoughts, but once you're able to open up to yourself, that's when you can start healing. And that's when you can start, you know, you, like you said, we know what the right thing to do is, but we just conveniently ignore it. Yeah. Uh, but if it's on paper and you see it every day and you're writing it, eventually you're going to be, you're going to feel like, no, I, okay, I, I got to do this. I got to do this. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a vegan personally, and you would not believe the number of people that begin their journey on stoicism that change their diet, either reducing uh, their meat consumption or going vegetarian just because they can no longer justify, you know, because we know the industry is, is, is a pollutant. Right, right. We know meat is unnecessary in today's diet. Like it's a luxury. It's, you know, we don't need that caloric intake. Um, we know we have other options. We know the animal cruelty taking life from my own, you know, sustenance, whatever, whatever. But we're like, burgers are delicious. You know, <laughs> bacon's delicious. That's my counter argument. Yeah, right. Uh, so, you know, uh, but a lot of people will at least reduce their consumption or they'll recognize, oh, this is bad. Okay, why am I doing this? Let, let me do it a different way. So, uh, it's, meat is just one example, but, uh, you know, any other addiction, you're going to, when you're honest with yourself, that's when you can change. And um, in terms of uh, appreciating the value of our time, uh, which you brought out, uh, it goes to the heart of the Stoic, one of the pillars of Stoicism, um, we, we call, uh, you know, a memento mori. Uh, you might have of heard course, this yeah, before. Yeah, I almost bought the Remembered. <laughs> and, you know, one of the first things I did when I truly became a student of this, of this philosophy, I, I tattooed it inside my right forearm. I'm right-handed because I wanted to see memento mori before I did anything. I wanted it and it's facing me, right? Like I marked the vessel so that I, the real me can see this because it's so crucial to us. Now, why is it so crucial to stoicism? It means remember death. Uh, we, you know, it's not because we have a sick sense of humor, a dark sense of humor. And it's not because, oh, remember you're gonna die. So don't worry that when you're gonna die, blah, blah, blah. No, it's to recognize that time, you know, we all know we're gonna die, but we conveniently ignore it. We conveniently ignore it and live as if we're gonna 
live for 10,000 years. Like we just genuinely don't care about our time. And by keeping uh, my death always at heart and like always right in front of my face, it makes me appreciate this moment more. So this conversation with you might be my last. I might not even make it to the end of this conversation. I am actively aware of this, uh, which makes me want to bring my A game every time every moment of every day as often as I can. It makes me uh, hug my kids and wife a little bit longer, an extra second more when I'm saying goodbye in the morning, right? It makes me enjoy a sip of this uh, herbal tea that much more. Wow, this taste is wonderful. When I, you know, anyone, anyone who looks up at the night sky and sees the heavenly bodies, you know, you get that little kind of goosebump like, wow, Nature is, is beautiful, you know, uh, nature is metal, it's beautiful. Right. I see that in everything. I see that in this computer screen. I see it in, you know, when I'm driving down the road, uh, wow, look at this road that was built for me by people that came before me, like how, how lucky I am, uh, thankful for this. It makes me appreciate every little thing. So um, recognizing our, you know, honesty with ourselves, mm-hmm. which includes being honest about our own mortality at any time. Yeah is 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 a necessary part of i think uh, uh finding happiness because that is part of the human condition uh, that anxiety of la 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 i'm not gonna die la 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 la, la yeah, i'm not yeah, gonna yeah. die you know it, it doesn't help it doesn't help so we have to be honest with ourselves yeah do you find yourself because i i know actually being in nature itself is is and i've read it in some some other stoic writings you know hey take a walk if you're happy take a walk if you're sad take just take a walk um, is that something you've incorporated into your life a lot more? Are you in nature now a lot more than you were before? <laughs> You're not going to like my answer. It's quite the opposite. Really? So I used to be in nature a lot more before because I found the happiness there uh-huh. because I needed that external stimulus. Now I can find that same happiness anywhere. And uh, I'll, I'll share this with you. Uh, so I, I'm able to meditate now, The the go to my uh, mind's, I, if you will, you know, the, in what I call the inner citadel, uh, while I'm awake, while my eyes are open. I, I do this a lot when I'm walking or driving and, and, and uh, I use imagery because we are, you know, we're visual animals. So uh, my imagery includes, you know, a bridge over a river. I talk about it in my book. So the river is flowing. A uh, river is matter flowing through time. You know, things happen and then things go. So this water is flowing by the bridge. It's hitting the pillars of the bridge, which is my perception my capacity for perception and then just as quickly as it came it's gone and so kind of i meditate on that and i'm on top of the bridge with my my mentors and that's where i make my decisions from you know that's how i'm able to make rational decisions blah 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 uh so it's funny you mentioned nature even in my mind's eye you know water is so important um so absolutely nature you know because we reconnect with it that's where we come from uh, but personally no i'm able to find it a lot more now without having that external uh, stimulus so I, I go, I go out less. I used to go, we still do, but I used to go like kayaking yeah. every weekend, you know, okay. hiking every weekend. Uh, now I spend a lot more time uh, dedicating my time to uh, my work under, you know, the, the Anderson Silver name because I choose to make that, let me backtrack, because I see the impact it has on people. Uh, you know, uh, we were talking about this before uh, we started recording. I take one hour every morning to answer people that write to me. Uh, and, uh, you know, every fourth message, it's not a question or a, uh, seeking advice. It's a genuine thanks. Thank you so much for it. It helped me so much. I really appreciate it. You've had such an impact. Uh, it's messages like this that drive me. Yeah. 
which is why I, again, choose to be an independent author because I want to make my stuff as cheap as possible, as accessible as possible. And all my material is free, except the three books, all my podcasts, all my articles, everything is free. Um, you know, when this, when this pandemic started, uh, I made all the books free because I knew with the lockdown, people are going to need some guidance. So uh, I saw, you know, not to harp on uh, Mr. Holiday, but uh, he right away yeah, he had this yeah. $50, $25 stoicism. That's not very stoic, buddy. Like, I, <laughs> right. anyway, uh, what I did, I immediately made all my books free on, on, on Amazon. So uh, the work I do for Anderson takes a lot of my free time because it is my on the side thing. Um, but my wife and my family is on board because they also see, you know, the good that uh, Anderson's doing. Uh, actually, you know, my wife runs the Instagram and Facebook account. My daughter does the TikTok oh, thing. Like cool. everyone's chipping in too. Yeah, that's cool. So uh, a lot less, a lot less time in nature, a lot more time on the keyboard. But I think I'm I'm making the world a better place. So it's the right decision. And and you know what. You, I mean, that's what drives you, right? You found your purpose. You, we go back to having a purpose and it doesn't probably feel right. like a whole lot of work when it, when it's, you're actually doing something you love and you care about. Um, you mentioned, you mentioned not having alcohol or, or, or salt or, or sugar. Is there anything that you, you would take in? And I only asked you this and, and, and I hope I don't offend you because some of the things you, you're even <laughs> saying, I, I've talked to other people that have, have gotten some of these experiences through things like psychedelics. And, um, and is there anything that you use, even if it's something natural that just helps you even connect to even more, or is all of this truly in an internal thing? It's all 100% internal. And I truly believe uh, we can ail 99% of our mental illnesses, not through uh, drugs, but through the power of the mind, if we just focus on it. We just were taught all the wrong things from birth. Uh, it's, the cards are stacked against us from the very beginning. And the only reason I was able to do this kind of U-turn is because I, was on, uh, I came out on top. Right. If I was still struggling, uh, you know, to put food on the table and all this and that, like, who has time to come home after a 12 hour shift and read ancient philosophy? <laughs> no, you're exhausted. Right, right. You're brain dead. You just want to turn on TV and watch, I don't know, Duck Dynasty and, you know, uh, try and burn some time. And so I'm one of the very, very lucky ones, which is why I put so much work into what I do, because I'm hoping not how no, I see that it helps, but my hope was, uh, uh, other people that might not be as lucky as me to be able to self-identify this mm -hmm. can read what I write or hear what I say and be like, yeah, this, this makes sense. Yeah. This makes absolute sense. Is it a vital part of your mentoring? I know you said it doesn't interfere with, with any type of religious uh, background or lack thereof. Um, mm -hmm. Is it an integral part? Is it built into your, your mentoring that you do? Is what built into it? Stoicism. Cool. Is, I mean, I imagine. It's, oh, it, yeah. I mean, is it is it what it's based off of? Did you really? The question is: Did you get into the, your mentoring because of your research into stoicism? Yes, absolutely. Okay. The mentoring only came in the last two years after I wrote the the first book uh, because there was the demand for it, and it's not like it's not like a service. I don't get paid for it, but oh. you know, I'll take the time to sit down and chat. Uh, and now with Zoom, it's so easy. And, you know, uh, I'll say, you know, Vince, now I can say, and I consider all of them my friends now, you know, which is great. Yeah. 
And uh, <laughs> I can comfortably say I can, I can travel to maybe half the cities in North America now and have a place to crash at, you know, right. after we have a vaccine, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, that's all it is. It's really helping people um, find the path right. and accelerate down the path. Uh, because I, I, again, mine went a lot slower because I had to self-educate. I'm helping people kind of, kind of move down the path uh, a little bit more quickly. That's all it is. And, and the reason is, so if we go back to my purpose, uh, you know, my, my necessities I've identified the, the necessities for the something more, uh, that we spoke about earlier yeah. on. One of mine was, um, the pursuit of knowledge and here's why so uh, up until i up until 10 years ago it was about pursuit of money it's all about money because with money i can i can give to charity and i can leave money to my kids and da, 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 da. but wait here's the thing one i don't know if leaving money to my kids is going to actually make their lives better right uh two i'm not going to be there to see their lives get better um and, and and three pursuing that money is affecting my life with them now so I thought, well, what could I work towards? Because I want to work towards something. And I realized through my journaling and reflection, it's knowledge. Because if I make one unit of money, I can only give that one unit of money to somebody and then the end of transaction, that's it, yeah. right? But if I acquire one unit of knowledge, I can share that 10 times and I haven't lost that knowledge yet. Yeah. So just by sharing it with one person in my mentoring or, or, or my kids or whatever, we've effectively doubled our knowledge as a collective and we are social animals. We're, we're pack animals, right? So what's good for others is also good for me. Uh, and then they in turn can share that unit of knowledge with someone else to perpetuity. So every unit of knowledge acquired and shared is a benefit to, to humanity. And so that's another reason why I still study and, and, and read so much because I want to absorb more so I can share more. And, and that's why I do the mentorship program because these are people that want to listen. And, you know, Seneca tells us, we were talking about this before, on how do we deal with this divide, all the stuff that's nonsense that's happening around us. We can't hit people over the head with something they don't want to hear. If somebody doesn't want to hear that locking kids up in cages is bad, I'm not going to have that discussion. <laughs> but if someone's open to have a conversation, uh, this is what Seneca calls the listening ear, right? Preaching to a mob is a waste of my time, and it's a waste of the mob's time because they're not going to listen. But talking to someone who's curious, now that's worthy of my time. And so when people approach me, uh, if anyone approaches me with a question, in this case, it's a podcast interview. In the mentorship case, it's, hey, do you mind if we chat once a week or once every two weeks? For Yeah, sure, no problem. Yeah. Uh, well, this is someone that wants to hear uh, what I have to say. So it, why shouldn't I? You know? Yeah. Have you, have you seen uh, people seeking you out a lot more since the pandemic? Oh my God. <laughs> uh, the, the book sales went through the roof after the lockdown. Okay. So the first month there was nothing. And then it was just, uh, the, the podcast, ironically, it's been pretty, pretty good even before, uh-huh. uh, I guess it has to do with like, you know, before there were commutes and then afterwards people were seeking it out. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot more messaging and, 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 you know, I've had to ask, uh, recruit my wife to help me with some of these messaging so she can triage, uh, questions where I have to actually give answers versus like, Hey, all right, thanks. You know, um, because there has been a lot of demand, but that's a good thing because every time someone asks a question, it's an opportunity for them to learn. And I get to be part of that process. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I, you know, one of the things about, uh, 
a stoicism too is is it's perception right so you you mentioned you don't have to be in nature to to feel that relaxation and and that's one thing everyone a lot of people try and seek like i just want this this vacation home somewhere away from all this and this is i say this all the time i was just recently looking at land up in the mountains somewhere i'm like i just want a bubble to get away from all of this craziness so i can finally chill out and relax um Mm -hmm. and man there is something to be said about just being able to just do that in your own mind and not have to run away to something external to be able to feel that, that peace. Um, did you, and you know, that thought mm-hmm. uh, is no different than uh, um, a, a drug addict taking a hit of whatever really? uh, that wanting to go on a trip, uh, you know, go, go away for a week. Yeah. Awesome. But what's in, in, in here. And yeah, of course it's a podcast. So I'm pointing out my brain, what's in your mind. It's still in your mind, no matter where you go, you know, people that will close up shop and move to a different city for a new beginning. Yeah. That's not really a new beginning. It's just new scenery <laughs> right. and it's going to wear off in a few months and you're going to be right back, uh, you know, with the same thoughts in your mind. So it's all about fixing, uh, what's inside of us. How did you, how did your loved ones, uh, when I see, I really just, your the people immediately around you, how did they, how did they take to this? How did they, how long did it take before they started incorporating their lives? Um, yeah. I mean, and what was the reaction when you said, I'm giving up salt, uh, sugar and meat and all of this, or was this, or was this a gradual, <laughs> a gradual thing? All right. So first it was, it was gradual because you can't do all of that at once. And it wasn't like, I didn't start off saying, I want to be vanilla. No, it was just back in the day. The first one was smoking. I'm like, it's it's a cancer stick. Like, I know this is killing me. Why am I doing this stupid? So, you know, and, and then same thing with the alcohol and the salt and the sugar. And, and caffeine. And you know, what's funny, you know, when I tell people I don't, I don't drink coffee or, or tea because tea had, you know, herbal tea, uh, most, some people don't know this, but all teas are from one plant, whether it's black tea, gray tea, whatever, whatever. And then what we call quote unquote herbal tea is basically tea made with anything other than the tea, tea plant. Right. It's leaf soup, right. essentially. Right. Right. Um, so it's funny, uh, both my, you know, my wife also, she stopped drinking coffee and tea. And we had tea one day, not even coffee, just tea one day uh, by mistake. And we were both like shaking, mm-hmm. you know, when, when you when you get that out of your system, you realize what a potent drug caffeine is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, same thing with sugar, right? So a lot of people are on board with sugar, but uh, it's crazy how potent caffeine is. Uh, but so, okay, the change was gradual and it's the change is going to keep happening uh, going forward. Uh, how did the loved ones around me react? <laughs> oh boy. Uh, my relationship with my wife and my kids is 10 times what it was before because 10 years ago, I was, I was the protagonist of my own story and everybody else was just an accessory, right? I was the, the hero. It's me. I look at me. I'm crushing it. I'm, I'm Harvey Specter. Everyone respect me, you know? Uh, whereas now I recognize I'm just part of the whole and and whether it's my wife or the guy I see, you know, driving down the road or, or, or whatever, I recognize, and we all know this, that we're just matter, you know, we die, we rot, that grows plants, something eats those plants, then they grow, then they die. It's just a cycle. Uh, we just happen to be a collection of atoms that's self-aware for a while, but it's still a collection of atoms that's going to, you know, recirculate. Um, 
I, I can honestly say my relationship with my wife is uh, not that it was bad. It was good before, but it's at a whole nother level now that I never even thought, I thought it was something in like Disney movies. Same thing with my kids. Really? Um, uh, you know, I, I didn't have a relationship with them before. I was just a dad, right? Okay. Uh, now we have a bond and, and you know, it's going to pay dividends uh, for the rest of our lives. So I'm, I'm very thankful for this. And I can honestly say most people around me have picked up on various parts of stoicism because they see did you just see how unfazed I am by anything? You know, I'm, I'm always, um, you know, steady as she goes. Yeah. And, and why wouldn't you want to pick up on that? You're, you know, you're like, okay, man, share, 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 dish. You know, what are you doing? Yeah, uh, yeah we always, and, and that's been, I'm go ahead. Go. Cut you off there. Yeah, you. I've always, or you'll be around somebody who has that aura around them. And, they, you, you know, of course, you want to tap into that. You're like, geez, you see Brian? Brian doesn't give a <laughs> crap about anything. He's just always happy. You know, people cut cut them off. It doesn't even it doesn't even phase them. And yeah. and you mentioned about being part of something bigger, right? This we're all in this together. And, and if you can keep that in mind and get that 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 story that you are the hero or you are what you know everything else revolves around you. Um, it, it definitely I, I think it makes things a lot easier. And I also, when you realize that it's a sickness that we all have, I think it, it becomes much easier to have empathy for other people when you see them acting out in a certain way. Um, and I, 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 I always struggle saying these, these things as if I'm not the one acting out sometimes because I, I 100% am. Um, but at least I, I can pull back uh, enough to, to go, well, that's how I would like to be. Um, so I, I'll let you finish up with your thought. And then I, I really, I want to talk real quick about what your normal day looks like. Sure. Um, here's a thought I, I, I'll leave your listeners with. Uh, and, and, and this is an idea I like, I like uh, leaving anybody with. Take a step back, take a moment to actually ask yourself, are you living the life that you want to live like it. or are you just doing what you've always done or what everybody else is doing and then calling it a day because every day is a day gone that you're never going to get back and every day is death and you're marching closer towards the last death so think very carefully are you living the life you want to live that's officially the soundbite that will be released from this podcast. <laughs> there's, <laughs> nice. there's the audiogram right there. <laughs> All right. I mean, the reason I asked you about what your day looks like is um, I know, I kind of know, uh, there's a, in stoicism, there's a lot of time spent thinking about your day, journaling about it, um, analyzing what did I do today? Where could I have improved um, so if, if you could just, just walk us quickly, what your day looks like. Um, I don't know, I guess that I sure. guess I'm just, we're, I'm just curious. All right. So my days start, uh, early. I'm a, I'm an early bird and I go to bed early. Uh, so I'm usually up around five 30. Uh, I'll meditate for a little bit, uh, as I wake up before it used to be grab a cup of coffee. And now it's, uh, you know, sit down in a quiet place and uh, close your eyes and get your mind's eye. This way I make sure I start my day in the right place in, in my rational mind. 
And then, um, you know, I used to do exercises in the morning. Now, uh, weather permitting, because, uh, you know, I am in Canada. Mind you, it's November 10th, and today it was 17 degrees. Like, yeah, global warming is a myth, yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, so I, I take my son for a uh, one-hour walk, and we'll spend half an hour at the park, my youngest son, religiously, every day, every day. Uh, and then, you know, back home, whatever breakfast work uh so sometimes if i had like a restless night i'll take 20 minutes half an hour to just journal uh, at the park usually while my son's playing uh to clear my mind to be like okay what emotions am i feeling and why am i feeling them uh, and, and it goes back to the you know it's, it's basic stoicism like if you feel anxious well there's a reason yeah let's figure out why yeah. and then we can fix it and usually it comes down to it always comes down to I'm worried about something I can't control. And so when I write it down and I identify it, usually, you know, I, I'm in a good place. So I start my days off very positive, very kind of clear minded. Um, and then, you know, work, work, work. You got to work. You got to go get that bread. Yep, yep. Uh, but one more thing I do religiously every day is I write in my journal at lunch. Uh, sometimes it's the only time I write. I try to write uh, two, three times a day. But if there's one time I write, it's always at lunch. And here's why. Uh, as part of my necessities that we keep talking about, my, my why, my, my purpose in life, uh, I keep that list in my journal. I have a laminated uh, piece of paper. Uh, and I also have on the other side of that paper my list of five. Five things you would do if you knew you were dying tomorrow. If you sit down and write five things you you would absolutely do if you knew you're dying, you know you're going to die tomorrow, you'll notice that they're all very simple, easy things. It's not travel the world. It's not this. It's it's kiss my wife and tell, look her in the eyes, dead in the eyes and tell her I love her and she means a lot to me. Something like that. You know, it's very simple things. So I have this list in my journal and I write at lunch. Why? Because, I'm, you know, writing at the end of the day and looking back on your day to say, how did I live my day? Okay, I did this good. I could have changed this, whatever, whatever. It's good, and, and I do that. However, it's reactive. Writing at lunch and looking at my list and seeing what have I accomplished from my list of five and what haven't I accomplished yet from my list of five or my list of necessities, this way it gives me a chance to proactively seek opportunities to do that in the afternoon. Because memento mori, I don't know if I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I need to do that today. And uh, this, again, gives me that positive energy to, to keep be focused on the right thing to do, not just, well, I got to get back to the office and get that report to Bob before, you know, whatever, whatever. No, I need to make someone genuinely laugh out loud before I, I quit. You know? And that's one of my things. That's, one of, that's on my list. Uh, it's simple things. Uh, so journal at lunch, very, very important. Um, at the end of the day, I eat my only meal of the day. I eat one meal a day, uh, dinner. And, uh, because why you're not, you, you got this inquisitive look on your yeah, face. Yeah. Uh, why do I eat one meal a day? Because I like to eat and I like to have a big meal where I feel stuffed and you know, you, it feels good. However, I also know, uh, I only need a little over 2000 calories per day and that, one meal in our, you know, overstuffed North American society is about that. Yeah. And so instead of having five small meals throughout the day, I chose to put it all into one meal so I can really enjoy it. Why right. dinner, not breakfast? Because it doesn't fit my lifestyle. Yeah. Breakfast would be better probably, but you know, 
uh, if I look at our ancient ancestors, when did they eat? At the end of the day, sitting around the fire, uh, you know, after hunting all day and, you know, whatever they caught. So I, I think biologically speaking, also it fits. But anyways, um, and then comes uh, my, my, my weakness, the, 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 the one drug I haven't been able to fully quit yet, uh, television. Uh, and I'll sit down and I'll watch something on TV with the family. But I do have rules. It has to be something educational. So I don't watch uh, you know, Duck Dynasty. I watch uh, documentaries as much as possible or uh, whatever. And at the end of the day, sometimes I'll write. But usually end of the day, I try to take uh, time to read because I do try to read. You know, I try to stick to a book a week uh, or every two weeks, uh, but it's not how much you read, it's how you read it. So, you, you know, you can see behind me, I have my library here and I insist on physical books because if you were to open up any one of my books, there's notes in the margins, there's highlights everywhere. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm able to go back to any book um, and, and find whatever information I'm looking for. Uh, and, and that's about it. It's pretty straightforward, pretty, uh, pretty vanilla. And on weekends, I take the time to build, uh, I build furniture. <laughs> of course, of course <laughs> the only, <laughs> the only CPA in the world that builds wooden furniture as a, ha- as a hobby. <laughs> um, listen, I, I want to, I don't want to keep you on here all night. Where can people find you, man? Where can they, where can they find these books? Uh, cause I guarantee after listening to this, there's going to be a lot of people that are, that are going to be interested um, mm-hmm. in, in what we've talked about and ways that they can start maybe feeling a little calmer and, and, and having a little more stillness in their minds. So uh, direct them in the right way. Sure. So if you're interested in the books, it's a three-book series that covers stoicism in general. Um, you can find them on Barnes & Nobles, Amazon, Google, uh, anywhere if you look up uh, Stoicism for a Better Life. Uh, specifically, the books are called Your User's Manual, Your Duality Within, and Your Dichotomy of Control. Uh, everyone's always asking, how can I do stoic? How, how can I do stoicism? Uh, stoicism is a practical uh, philosophy, meaning you don't do stoicism by memorizing quotes. You do stoicism by actually applying it in your real life. And to that end, I write weekly articles every week, three, four paragraphs, one simple exercise you can do in your daily life to be more stoic. I release these every week on uh, my website and on, on, on Patreon, and I also share them on Reddit. Um, I also have a podcast series for people that don't like to read articles. Exact same thing. Five to seven minute episode explaining one stoic exercise you can do in your real life. Um, these are available on, uh, online as well. You can find links to all of these at stoicismforabetterlife.com. Um, Everything, everything, everything is free. Uh, I, I make it free because I just want people to, you know, check it out, use it, benefit from it. If you like what you see and you want to support me, patreon.com slash Anderson Silver. Uh, a lot of people are support. That's how we got the website up. It's thanks to my Patreon supporters. I was able to pay someone to do this for me. Um, but everything about me, uh, I'm on, on social media platforms, all of them, even TikTok, thanks to my daughter. Uh, all my articles, all my weekly exercises, links to my books, everything at stoicismforabetterlife.com. Got it. Awesome. Anderson, this has actually been a really important conversation to me. I've truly enjoyed this. Really. It was, it was really good. And it's re-motivated me to, um, to incorporate it more into my life. And I appreciate you spending the time and and, uh, sitting down with me. 
That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. And I hope it inspires some of your listeners too. Uh, go check it out, you guys. There's a reason it's around after two and a half millennia. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Anderson. All right. Thank you. All right. That's it for me. Thanks for checking this show out. Thanks to Anderson Silver. Uh, check out his books. Check out his website, stoicismforabetterlife.com. Uh, hopefully you got as much from this interview as I did. And I will see you all next week.